Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, it is July the 16th. We are on the road, and today we are in, where are we? Gardner, Montana, which is right over the border with Wyoming. And we are looking at Yellowstone, basically the backside of Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. This is the original gateway to Yellowstone, so it's kind of a cool old town we're going to walk around in a little bit today. And on the way, we added to our animal count. We added some uh, baby, uh, what were those? The long, bighorn, bighorn sheep. Bighorn. I wasn't expecting to see babies. Mm-mm. And I, you know what struck me was how absolutely camouflaged those little babies were with the rocky mountainside down to being speckled the exact shades of gray. That was really interesting. It was. And I, we did get some pictures of that. We did mm-hmm. put it on Instagram, at Tim and Julie Harris. So if you guys want to check out all of our travel pictures, just go to at Tim and Julie Harris. Um, you know, pound, I'm sorry, pound Tim and Julie Harris on uh, Instagram and you can look at that picture but I'll tell you something along those lines on the way uh, to what was the town we went through to get to the before this one uh, Mammoth Mammoth and in we, Wyoming it, well this is something that you guys would have to have experienced to believe but we did take as many pictures as we could so Mammoth is this, this absolutely perfect cute little unbelievable town mountain town mountain in town. every sense of the word it was an old uh, mining town but the buildings were beautiful really well kept just you can tell the people that live there have a lot of pride in their town but here's what really blew us away. There was a herd, is it a herd? I think yeah. it is, of elk that had just basically taken over the actual town, including the town square, in people's yards, everywhere. There was elk just everywhere. It was intense. And we, we really couldn't even believe it. it was, there were so many of them. And there was this big male elk that was, I don't know, how big do you think his antlers were? It was enormous. How Definitely many points? looked like a mature, you know, many, like you imagine. And he was just lounging on the front yard. Was that the bank? I think it was the bank. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, <laughs> I saw this when Julie and I were driving down the road through the main town. I saw this huge elk just sitting there. And I thought, well, that has to be a sculpture. And the closer we got, the more I realized that was the male elk. And all those other elks were mostly females and young males that we saw in the herd. And he was just sitting there, not, a, you know, care in the world. And uh, Julie wanted to jump out of the car and get a picture. And sure enough, she did. And that picture's on Instagram. And basically, she was standing way too close to the yeah. elk. And I uh, got a picture. And then the uh, park ranger or the actually, yelled at me. The, yeah, he yelled <laughs> at her, ma'am, you're supposed to stay at least 75 feet away from the wild animals. Yes. And then we saw a sign that was up. That, and evidently, this town is not only frequented by elk, but it's also frequented by bear and by buffalo. So there was a sign that says, in <laughs> essence, don't be surprised if you run in, in, into essentially, you know, all the animals in the, the kingdom as you're driving through our little town. Or and, walking around. Right. And stay the hell away from them. <laughs> yes. I mean, you have to be really aware. As you would say, stay frosty. And, the, you know, there's signs everywhere saying, be bear aware. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You got to pay attention a little bit. But isn't that, just th- put that in context, though. Here you are, you know, you're just driving, going to the pharmacy or whatever, and then you go around the corner and there's a bear just sitting there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And, you know, I thought something our tour guide, Adam, said was interesting about the fact that these ginormous animals basically ignore you. They do what they want. They walk around. They're walking on the sidewalk. You know, they own the place. (laughs) They said, you know, they don't care about you. You think they care about you. They don't care about you because you are not prey. No. 
And we think about it like, are they going to be scared of us? What should we do? And he's like, they, they're not thinking about you. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is is that they are not seeing, uh, seeing humans as much of a, of a risk either no. because they live in Yellowstone, and in Yellowstone there's That's no true. hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very protected. And so they just don't like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, I've never I'm not saying them. you should go pet them. I'm uh-uh. just saying that they have the right of way. Yeah. So, in in yeah. case you didn't know. In case you didn't know, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed those baby um, bighorn sheep because, you know, often as we're driving, we're looking up these absolutely sheer rocky mountainsides, wondering what in the world lives up there, and that was answered. And they didn't seem to bother at all. That's that's their environment, you know. Such a beautiful part of the country. Beautiful. It's. I mean, as mm-hmm. we're standing here looking out this window at that river, it is just shockingly beautiful. How you see all these ridge lines and you see the mountains in the background. And the funny thing is is that is the least impressive view of the uh, mountains that we've seen so far. I know, and it's still amazing. Right. If you've never driven through this part of the country, you really have to do it. It gives you a completely different – we did this a long time ago, I, like when we basically first got married. Yeah, right. definitely. I mean, so that was a long, long <laughs> – Early 90s. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah. And we, we did it a Miata, you know, a little uh, Mark One Miata. And that was quite an experience too, as you can imagine. But I have to say this time around, everything looks more evolved. It, the mm-hmm. uh, roads are better. The – Towns are more mature. I mean, it's been 30 years, you know. Yeah. So everything's gotten to be a lot more uh, travel friendly, I mm-hmm. have to say. Definitely. And we, so we went to uh, see also the um, uh, wh- – where did we go yesterday? Remind me. <laughs> Old Faithful. Old Faithful, right. And uh, Zoe was very unimpressed with it. She basically thought her uh, lawn sprinkler at home that she plays in was more impressive. Indeed. But she did like the chocolate <laughs> ice cream that came with. So That's right. Yeah. But anyway, okay. so we're having a great, wonderful trip. If you guys are ever thinking about what you should be doing with your summers, I strongly encourage you uh, to get on the road. And it really will, you know, it's, it really will put all the things that you think the country is focused on in context. Because around here, none of the things that, you know, the news and the media and politicians are trying to get you to focus on, they just don't exist here which no. is quite a nice reprieve from uh, the false reality that most of us Very live much. in. Um, the construct that a lot of <laughs> us believe is actually happening around us actually probably isn't, and it's probably all just mostly some sort of hyped-up thing to get us all fearful. And then when you come here, you kind of realize what a blessing. Well, you were reminded, really, what a blessing it is to be an American um, and what a blessing, frankly, it is to be alive at this point in history. Now, I'm going to pivot, and let's talk about real estate. But before we do, I want to share every, with everyone a uh, – a little factoid I came across this morning, actually watching a YouTube video about Warren Buffett. And I thought this was really fascinating, and it struck me that I'd be sharing this with all of you, um, just for the fact that a lot of you are um, in it. You know, this could be relevant for people that are older, but also people that are middle-aged, people that are younger, all age groups. Warren Buffett made 95% of his wealth, maybe it was even like 96% of his wealth, after the age of 60. I hadn't heard that before. I had heard, and this is a statistical truth, that most people don't make and don't experience the most of their at the highest point in their careers until they're uh, basically in their mid fifties to the mid sixties. And I think that's fascinating, especially in this time where everyone believes, in essence, that if you haven't made it by say thirty five or whatever, you're never yeah. going to make it. It's absolutely not true. And just use that Warren Buffett uh, example: is if he made, you know, obviously, I don't know, I don't think he's. He's not the world's wealthiest man anymore, but I still think he's well one he's of the top, top five. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for him to have made all of his wealth, and now he's, I think he's 90 or 91 or late 80s or something, for him to have made all of his wealth and become the Warren Buffett that all of us know, which is a global icon. I mean, they had, in China, they had actual, I don't know if you knew this, they had Warren Buffett on Coke cans in China, no, on cherry Coke cans, yeah, because he's famous for drinking cherry Coke. Oh. And so they put it in China, they thought it would be a nice little, um, you know, I don't know why the Chinese would be celebrating Warren Buffett, but there you go. Yeah. 
I mean, but don't you it think is it's really interesting. And you know, that's not to say that he didn't make any money before he was sixty. Right. You know, he was successful before that. But I think that that goes to show that a, it's too soon to tell right. for many people, maybe for everyone, and b, it's not too late if you think it's too late. And C, even though many of our listeners are having their best years ever, you know, think even bigger than that. You know, what? how are you going to be like he was when he was 60 plus so that you can look back in time and say, thank you, past fill in your name for having it together so that I can have a great, you know, let's say fourth quarter of life. Well, totally. Or second or third, depending sure, on your age. Exactly. But, I, you know, because, again, I think a lot of young people are uh, when you and I were, you know, in our 20s, mm-hmm. there was th- this current culture of, uh, you know, somehow you're you know, becoming an influencer. This no, the, the big lie that's circulating mm-hmm. that it doesn't take, you know, Real guys, work. bottom line is ever, you know, as you go on ever increasing levels of success in your business and personal life. You have to basically do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, which means that you're going to have long periods of really what will if you allow it to become frustration it will feel like frustration because you won't think you're succeeding fast enough like there is some sort of rule book as f- how fast you can succeed or how fast you should be succeeding it doesn't exist and in this day and age where people are um, sort of brought well not sort of but they're broadcasting this false image of themselves as being successful um, and they're not and successful in the sense that they're certainly not uh, rich they're certainly not to the point where their money is working for them and they no longer have to work for their money and so i think what a lot of people do is they they don't even really get started once they hit a certain age because they think the ship has sailed that's right and they, that, they think it's just too late but that happens that that, that is a relatively new occurrence because of social media I think did right. not happen when even 20 years ago well now social media sets you up to expect that you know five videos in you should be a rock star Exactly. And it's it's just a big lie, in essence. It and it is just a big bunch of fake Well, I, what I think is funny is, you know, people that try that and then they go on real appointments without having developed real skills. We're talking about list, real fail, estate now. Are, yeah. You know, they're going to fail at it and then they're going to be disappointed. Right. And that so that's the thing that going back to the Warren Buffett thing that really resonated with me, frankly, and I think it resonated with me because – I want to convey that to our listeners because that's the when I'm talking to agents and again it's of any age I do sense this undercurrent not in all of them but in some of them of this quiet despair mm-hmm. and I think it happens because they're tuning into garbage that's making them want to believe that they have to be they can't be ever be independent and free and ultimately that's where yeah, my mind that's goes that's true right? and sometimes that happens really early on yeah like 90 days in i've been licensed for 90 days and and it's just not happening for me and i maybe i should go do something else so here's the bottom line anything worth having in life will take usually depending on what it is usually about five times longer than you think it should take absolutely right and and that's the thing that's frustrating i guess you know that's what i'm trying to convey is that if you it doesn't matter what point you are in your life if you're willing to stick it out and you're willing to actually stay the course, now the trick is knowing what course to stay on. That's yes. for sure. And real estate, I'll make it super easy for you. Just stay focused on being a listing agent. If you're focused on being a listing agent and the best version of yourself is a listing agent and you're always putting profit first where you're running a, a business with a profit margin of 85 90%, which is what we teach you to do in our coaching program. If you're doing those things, you're going to win faster than if you're basically doing the sampler version, which a lot of agents do, where you're worrying about your brand and your logo and social media and building your team and all the rest of it. If you put all of your best energies into becoming a powerful listing agent, you will win faster and you'll win more assuredly because of the fact that you're building your business based on profit. And if you're doing all these other flippity gibbet things that are just in the current zeitgeist, chances are you're never going to succeed and you're going to have a bunch of false starts because you're never going to build what is the lifeblood of any business, which is profit. And if you don't have profit, you're not going to be able to weather the financial storms that are inevitable in any industry. Now, 
along those lines, just remember, it really is frustrating if you find yourself basically trying to double down on dumb. If you're finding yourself not getting, you know, there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead, right? And, and then here's another little saying for you guys, which is contrarian, but Julie and I've used it in our own lives. You know, when the going gets tough, the smart leave. And that's something that when I first time I heard it, it completely goes against my middle class Boy Scout roots, right? When the going gets tough, the smart leave. That is a really critical thing to understand. And if you break that into little, you know, bite-sized pieces, what does it really mean? If you're doing something that's not getting you results, you've got to stop doing it because chances are it's not going to ever get you results. And I'll give you an example. If, for example, you're spending money on branding and you can everything basically is thrown into the bucket of branding. So this is an easy point for me to make. If you're spending a lot of money on branding, at what point are you actually going to hold that spend accountable to a specific return on investment? If you're spending $1,000, do you have a specific plan? Okay, $1,000, I'm sending my 1,000 soldiers out into the universe and they have to bring back, you know, 5,000 or 10,000 in within what time frame? Six months, 90 days? You guys get it? You're not holding your money accountable for results and you're allowing yourselves to be suckered into believing that something will come eventually if you basically just spend enough money on it. And that rarely works. It's the reason that Julie and I ultimately are not advocates of branding and marketing, all these other things, because you can't hold them accountable. Well, you know, they used to call that gambling. Yeah, well, Back it is gambling. Back in the olden days, like here we are out west, it's gambling, it's speculation. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a good point. It's running your business on hopium. Yeah, but that is a good point, though. It's yeah. like it's someone asked me, you know, fairly recently, right? Uh, are you guys uh, investing in crypto? No, I'm not investing in crypto. And Julie and I are long-term investors in the stock market. I mean, I'm not any smarter, and Julie's not any smarter than to outthink what someone like Warren Buffett does. So why would I even try? Warren Buffett doesn't buy crypto. Seems to me he's probably thought through it more than I have. And so, and so <laughs> yeah. then, then you got to ask yourself, well, what's the difference between you know investing and <laughs> investing and gambling? And the answer is, is when you're investing short-term in the stock market, that is gambling. When you're investing long-term in the stock market, and things like index funds, then you're doing investing. And so the long story that I'm trying to basically summarize here is don't allow yourself to end too quick. Don't allow yourself to give up on things just because it gets hard, but the way you hold it accountable is with the results that you're getting. Make sure everything, the decisions you're making in your business are profit-minded, are focused on what's going to result in the most net income. Don't, look, focusing on revenue focusing on revenue and focusing on units and focusing on all that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, if you're not making profit, what's the point? And that's something I hope you guys are not allowing to get uh, let get by you. Because even in these great times that we're experiencing, well, some of you are experiencing, if you're listing agents right now in the real estate industry, if you don't have profit at the end of this cycle, then what was the damn point? Just to have enough lifestyle, a, a nice lifestyle, it doesn't really make sense. I strongly encourage all of you to consider joining our coaching program because that is where we teach you how to be a powerful listing agent. All you've got to do, and we've made it super simple for you, you can join our coaching program for around $100 a month, is just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, and the program I'd suggest all of you guys join is called Premier Coaching. Around $100 a month, Premier Coaching, just go over to timandjulieharris.com. It's very simple. You can sign up online or obviously talk with one of our new member coaches and uh, do that now. Just go over to timandjulieharris.com and check it out. All right, so Julie, we're going to finish out the points we are making with regards to this article that mm-hmm. you and I have been sharing with him all week. And today is Friday. Yes. And so let's make this last on the cycle. Yeah, so get caught up if you're behind on podcasts because this is the wrap-up of that. Okay. Now, what were we talking about just in case it's the first show? We're, well, we've been talking about 
uh, all the different aspects of EXP and especially EXPI stock and uh, all the incentives and the programs and why you should care. Right. And this is, we're taking this from the a perspective of not somebody who's in the real estate industry, but we we're just talking about stock, but a guy that's basically essentially, I think he runs, um, he's a, like a hedge fund security guy helping he's other a, people he's make an investor. money he's manager, investor, right. Yeah. And it's interesting to get an outside perspective on EXP because all of us are so inundated with information about real estate brokerages from the real estate uh, brokerages perspective perspective but to get the the uh, you know the, essentially the points and the counterpoints from a third party for me I thought it was very fascinating especially how he laid out his argument about why he thinks exp is an absolute home run in investment now he's looking at things from an investment perspective of buying the stock expi now Julie and I are not you know stock analysts we're certainly not experts on any of this stuff we're just sharing this information with you because we thought it was fascinating. A lot of you will think it's fascinating. And it goes back to the previous points that we were making with regards to running a profitable business. And if you can sell real estate and figure out ways to make multiple streams of income from that same real estate transaction, you are going to create a financial future that's going to be full of abundance opposed to having to stay on the transactional treadmill. That's right. So we're going to wrap up by talking about, well, all of that is true, but what about the risks going forward? So Again, this is from the article that this uh, investor financial guy wrote, not specifically from us. And I think that's, you know, interesting because he's from outside of the real estate world. So here's the risks. He writes, the real estate market could go into a recession. The number of transactions, of course, in this situation would be lower. The revenue per agent could decrease. But I doubt agent growth halts or declines. He says, think about it. As more agents learn about EXP, why on earth would you take a 50-50 split for a book of business when you could get better? And just think of all the EXP agents who have less work. Are they just going to sit around? No, they're incentivized. Revenue share and stock to start poaching other agents into the EXP umbrella. So I think that point is good, but it's not great, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, because first of all, there are very few agents that are in 50-50 splits anymore. True. That doesn't really exist. But here's the reason I think personally a uh, EXP's model will do fantastic in a recession or a slowdown. And I, we mentioned this two or three shows ago because all the and again he doesn't talk about this. But this is a fact. Most real estate brokerages are existing on basically a knife's edge of margin, even in the best of times. Right now, right less than two sure. or three percent. Right. So and you're seeing all these bro you know brokerages, small brokerages, teams, franchises who are making literally no money. The owners of the brokerages still have to sell real estate and oftentimes they're subsidizing the running of the business from their own transactions and that definitely happens on teams and For if sure. guys you're having to do that in the best of times to Julie's point you're gonna be really suffering when things uh, round the bend and so in in our opinion I think I'm speaking for you, my dear. Sure. In our opinion, what's going to happen is if the real estate, when the real estate market starts to pivot back towards a balanced neutral or a buyer's market, you're definitely going to see all these real estate brokerages, which were operating virtually on no margin or no profit. They're going to be looking for an exit plan and they're going to migrate towards EXP. Because remember, if you're with, say, for example, your Bob's real estate, right? And you want to, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to give up your identity. Maybe you, your office is here in this beautiful little town that we're in in Montana and you've been there forever and your third generation of Bob, you're Bob the third and Bob the second, Bob, <laughs> right? Okay. So you are not wanting to necessarily give up Bob's real estate because this is a legacy business for your family. You don't have to. It could just be Bob's real estate brokerage by eXp Realty. If you even want to keep your physical location, there's a way to do that. You don't have to change your logos and your branding and all the rest of it. You can keep it the same. And you can do what you're doing, but your financial incentives are going to be larger. Your 
excuse me, your profitability and your opportunity is going to be so much better than what you're already doing. Now, obviously what I just said is relevant uh, depending on your state laws. So if you're in a yeah. state like where Julie and I used to sell real estate, where the brokers and the agent's name have to be the same prominence, uh, then you obviously have to you know, abide by whatever the local state laws are. But for the most part, most of the country doesn't have those rules. Well, but even in that case, you're not asked to drop your logo. You no. just have to comply by your state's rules, which you would no matter what brokerage you're with. It's such an interesting point because I totally respect the agents and the broker, you know, agents with teams, even individual agents or brokerages who have taken a lot of time and have a lot of sense of pride rightfully earned mm -hmm. in their brokerages and their logos and the you know all the rest For of it sure. and it's something it does become part of their character something they're it's like a child almost i mean i certainly feel that way about yeah, our businesses right a lot of uh, emotional physical and mental development to that yeah and let's say they for example want to align themselves with an international brokerage brand and they then are told well you got to drop all of it you got to become you know keller williams or you got to become remax or nothing wrong with those brands they're fantastic but at the end of the day a lot of people don't want to do that and that's one of the advantages even though it's not often talked about that you have when you join exp it's kind of a fascinating thing but i'll tell you what's more even if things really pivot towards like there's some sort of zombie apocalypse or martian invasion or who, well who the hell knows right <laughs> something happens that turns the yeah. real estate market it pivots the real estate market and they reset and the, even in uh let's say the economy goes into a recession black swan event of all black swan events here's a little interesting fact more people get real estate licenses when the times are tough than they do when basically the the economy is flourishing and that's what we're seeing now with the number of agents getting licenses where are those agents <laughs> where are they it's the pandemic I mean, I, you know, I remember that you and I were reading articles that they're um, predicting there was going to be a huge baby boom, mm -hmm. basically nine months following yep, the end we'll of the see. pandemic or something yeah, in there. Sure. I, there's no way that's not going to happen. I know it. I mean, I there's only so much Netflix you can watch and then, you know, you might as well find something else to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, then after you're done doing that. Right. then you're going to get a real estate license. And that's what a lot of people did. Well, I, we saw it with our existing coaching clients getting their 20-something kids licensed. Yep. You know, and their relatives licensed, nieces and nephews. And, you know, it's practically everybody you know if you think about it. And, and just if you double down on this too, the biggest difference between, say, 2007, 8, 9, really our entire real estate careers, you know, mm -hmm. you and I have been this for over 20 years. There has never been... Like when you and I sold real estate, it was almost like having a real estate license and being a realtor. Where's the, I think it was USA Today. They used to do that poll every year. I and it was like the le the most of the least respected professions you can get into. And there was like this sort of Damocles that was always following agents around because in those lists, we were always at the bottom. And if I remember correctly, we we're always duking it out for, with like used car sales, which yeah. was the least respected profession. Mm -hmm. And now it's not like that because being a real estate agent has completely pivoted. Now you're seeing, uh, you know, your Bravo TV show shows you've seen all these other people that are looking real estate as a career younger people the millennials they're really treating real estate as a huge opportunity which it is frankly mm -hmm. it's one of the smartest things you can ever do is get a real estate license in, in our opinion but ultimately what you're going to be looking at is you're looking at a complete sea change in the attitude towards people with regards to um, essentially their stability in their in their jobs and so i think a lot of people because of the the pandemic are now i think just be out of a basically are looking for ways to create a plan B in the event that their job lays them off. That's true. So there, it varies from people who converted completely to being full-time real estate agents. Small business brokers, owners right? that went out of business too. Absolutely. To da right down to maybe somebody that got licensed as their side hustle backup plan. For sure. You know, but there's a whole bunch of that. And let's pivot back again to when, you know, he was talking about uh, threat vectors and risk factors. And, well, but what, you know, but the, just yeah. to, as sure, I know sure. where you're going, but mm -hmm. just to put a, you know, because I deal with this on a regular yeah. basis, mm -hmm. if things turn uh, south of the market and the economy on a whole, 
EXP is perfectly poised. And if EXP can grow like it is now uh, during the best of times, then you have seen nothing if the markets actually start to pivot to the negative. And I mean the economy, everything. It does not matter. People are going to flock, brokerages, agents. Individuals who are not licensed, who are get licensed, are going to flock to EXP. You're going to see something. You're going to see business growth that's going to be akin to something like the way when you know Amazon started selling you know stuff other than books. Sure. You're going to see things happen in this industry as a result of the EXP business model that many of us in our adult lives have never experienced. Well, it's the least expenses and the highest profitability. I mean, you could just start and end there, right? But I was talking to uh, Lee Jennings the other day yeah. when we were meeting over in Wyoming. And he and I were talking about the fact that, you know, what you and I and our listeners who did live through a real recession and a real housing crash, our perspective is different than this generation of agents who didn't live through that. And Lee and I were talking about how it doesn't have to shift that much to have people make the decision to get over to more profitability and over to EXP. You know, agents freak out if something doesn't sell after two or three weeks. But now. it's that it's that tiny margin that they're operating on. That's what I'm saying is yeah. it doesn't have to be an earth shattering shift. It might just be an off month or two, because if you're only making two or three percent, you're not saving any money. You're like one crappy month away. Yeah. It, you don't have to have a recession. Mm -mm. You just have to have, you know, a little hiccup and maybe things take 30 days to sell instead of three seconds. And it just I mean, obviously, Julie and I are aligned with EXP. We have been since uh, the beginning of 2019. But it, here's the other thing that's really different. It's mm -hmm. completely, um, and you know, it's impossible to describe how different this is, mm -hmm. is the perception of EXP. Back when you and I started sure, um, aligning with EXP in December of 2019, mm -hmm. the it, most people have a pot, had a positive perspective, but the, it, the things you'd hear people say were mostly out of uh, ignorance as far as what EXP was. That's true. They didn't know about the company. They didn't know about the brand. What's EXP? There's no EXP agents in my market. Da, 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 all these things. Mm -hmm. And the perception was EXP is not a luxury brand or EXP is not, you know, all these things. None of it exists anymore. No, you talked about that. You had a great discussion on your Libertas group the other day. Yep about that fact is that all of those things that used to be a question mark out there and the they don't exist you don't even hear them nobody even talks about that anymore. It, it seems like everybody nowadays now i suppose if i walk around and i talk to real estate agents in this small town maybe, maybe. they don't know what we'll exp is <laughs> but for the most part it everyone's gone from it's it's this it's the whole consumer acceptance thing that graph that they taught us mm -hmm. in college right you got the early adopters and then yeah. i there's four or five groups and mm -hmm. the, you know business maturity and all that right. some of you guys will know People what i'm talking wait, about the wait and seers right the right. observers and then the eventual you and i were not uh, we're not early adopters no, we're not, not. This yeah and so the early I wish we had been well kind of, yeah exp <laughs> i do too yeah. right especially with the stock mm -hmm. but i mean if you look at essentially where exp is on its growth curve it's just entering into the phase where it's going to have to start having mass acceptance in my opinion yes it's just out of that early adopter phase. And we talked about that on yesterday's show is the percentages and that you know if you think that it's too late to you know get in and take care take a all of that advantage it's not because right now we're at almost 60,000 agents yep. and the projections are to get between 200 and 500,000 in the next what three to five years I think, I've heard pro I've heard projections because of international and again his and yes, we're gonna get back expansion. to what Sean had to say in his article mm -hmm. he doesn't talk about international he's no. only talking about domestic he mentions it in passing yeah okay but he's not right. even understanding in my and Sean if you're listening we'd love to have you on the podcast but it doesn't seem to me like he really under, even understands the work that Michael the Valdez at EXP has done mm -hmm. and the number of countries that EXP has added. That's so this right. is not a U.S. or even a Canadian phenomenon. This is something that's basically a you know a global rule changer for all. And guys, there's real estate agents. They're not realtors technically, but there's real estate agents all over God's green earth. 
And all those people are with brokerages. And even though different states and countries and whatnot have different licensor laws, they're all going to find EXP appealing for the same reason that all of you do. That's right. So let's get back to potential uh, threat vectors or risk factors. He makes a couple of interesting points here. One of them is he says, most competitors are heavily indebted. Debt is a double-edged sword. It's great for the good times, but it can kill you in the bad times. And EXP has always had what he calls a fortress-like balance sheet. So that's a huge advantage. It's not carrying a bunch of debt that's going to no kick debt. But in it, it no it's debt, zero debt, isn't zero it? debt. Yeah, yeah. Glenn, Glenn Sanford, the founder of the company, has basically run this company so that it's not just going to survive but thrive long term. Mm-hmm. He has built something that no one's ever done before. And most companies, what they do is they basically issue debt or they somehow you know borrow money or just doesn't matter. There's tons of ways of doing it if you're a corporation, especially publicly traded. He's not done any of it. I know it's amazing. It's the company is being growth is being growing off of, of actual growth and cash flow, not borrowed money. Because yeah. if you borrow money and look at, for example, some of these um, publicly traded real estate uh, brands, if you look at essentially their balance sheet, they owe crap tons of money, and they've used that money to buy other brokerage and buy all the other brands, and they get headlines on Inman that so and so buys this, buys the other thing. But at the end of the day, when you uh, look compare balance sheets, balance sheets, EXP's balance sheet is exceptional. That's right. So now let's look at. EXP copycats. Another risk is a full EXPI copycat entering the market. Actually, there are a few public copycats already. Fathom is one, and Real Brokerage. Fathom is FTHM, and Real Brokerage is REAX. Remember, this is a stock guy. Uh, Fathom Realty only costs a low transaction fee. It's four ninety-five tr- per transaction and ninety-nine after hitting cap. But that's and that's actually a better split than EXP. But Fathom has no revenue share, nor does it have a virtual office, nor does it own a Verbella. Nor is it run by Glenn Sanford and company. Okay, that's pretty succinct. Fathom is for people doing 10 to 20 deals per year who don't need hand-holding, don't need much support because they're not trying to grow, and just want to keep the best split. EXP wants the best realtors who are hungry to grow their business and EXP's business. Now, he has a side note. Expel, E-X-P-E-L is no, exactly... You don't need to talk about that. Okay, so... Yeah, he, he, he goes into talking about... Yeah, different. Um, yeah, different business. But, you can skip that, um, though. Okay, so he says, just think, how many Warren Buffett clones have there been? Tons. And how many of them have succeeded at insurance? How many have succeeded at investing? You get the point. He says, Glenn Sanford took Keller Williams' model and made it better. Great artists don't copy, they steal. They improve on the past. Sanford gets the why, and he's painting his own picture. He and his team have compounded gross profits at 100% per year for many years. Back to you. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, keep, keep oh, on Oh, you know reading. what? We, we, yeah. we wanted to make sure, and he, uh, he'll he ramp this up for us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. I-buying could be much larger than anybody anticipates. I doubt it will take over agents' rules in the industry. However, people crave the help of other people to help with large life transactions. I see I-buying uh, being a niche and potentially one EXP has got a little piece of it. Could also be a competitive advantage or differentiator in a downturn because of its off-balance sheet. So that's express offers that you do get through EXP. And that is a major point of difference because agents, and there's several markets that this is a really big thing because we hear about it from our coaching clients, you know, where you're competing against an iBuyer. You go on a listing presentation, the seller says, well, you know, maybe I'll list with you, but I, I want to see what I can get from an iBuyer. What kind of offer do they have? EXP agents can then counter offer that and say, you know what, we have an express offer too. I'll get it to you by this evening. We'll compare apples to apples and decide what's best for you instead of, losing the opportunity or not getting the call in the first place. So bottom line is if you're competing in a market where Open Door or Zillow offers or some of these other, you know, smaller iBuyers are, are relevant, 
they're always going to have a space just like in again no, many of you don't know this but for decades eons there were always investors that would you know we buy ugly houses and all these other they're types of things that they're still around for sure but the i buyer model is essentially emulating what all those other investors were doing and so again i buyers an iteration on, a, on an old idea and so it's proven to work because there's always going to be a certain percent of people in the marketplace that want to basically sell the house they want to they're willing to pay a convenience fee or willing to take a discount on what the profit would otherwise been or their net proceeds would have been uh, just to get rid of the house. And those will, people will always exist. And that's always going to exist in every market. Now, in the best of times, like what we're experiencing now, at least from a seller's perspective, I buyers are going to find a, a lot fewer uh, customers simply for the fact that people can sell their house and they don't have to take a discount. But in the, and when things get tough and people are feel, feel more motivated because they're worried about making house payments, things like that, I, I buyers will become more relevant. And if you are not with a brokerage that can essentially have that as an option for your prospective sellers, you're going to have some problems. Problems. And that's the reason that Glenn Sanford created um, the, uh, what is Ex it called? Express Offers. Express Officers. Thank you. Uh, officers. Off <laughs> <laughs> offers. I got road on my brain. Yeah, don't I? You I've do. been driving too Express much. Express Offers. Offers, right. And so EXP agents have the same tools that, for example, one of the iBuyers has. So if you run across a seller and says, I need to sell my house really fast, you can say, well, Mr. Seller, we got plan A. You know, we can retail the house and maximize your uh, net proceeds to you. That's what I specialize in. And if after a certain amount of time, if that doesn't uh, work, if you want to decide to uh, sell the house uh, at, you know, to one of our investors after 90 days, I've got that option too because I'm an EXP agent. Now, if you walked in that same house and the seller said, I need to sell this house right away, and you're like, well, let's retail. It's going to take 60, 90 days before you get your check. And the seller says, what part of right away don't you understand? Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that listing because the seller is going to end up selling it to one of the iBuyers. Yeah, no, we don't offer that is not a great way to deal with it. You, you are instantly uncompetitive in this mm -hmm. marketplace in many markets if you do not have your own iBuyer tool in your you know listing toolbox. And that's unfortunately the case. Um, it always was sort of true, but it's really going to be true because all these iBuyers are running ads and doing all the sexy marketing that makes it so like uh, people are being uh, fearful, especially if they're new sellers, into believing that somehow like the uh, you know, selling of a house is like, you know, horrible experience. Well, they're already nervous about it. What seller isn't, right? Right, exactly. And so the iBuyers push on that. And it's not even necessarily that they... Uh, you know, want to take a less price. A lot of sellers just want less hassle, especially when, after COVID. It, it's, again, it's not really that relevant now, but it will be relevant when the market uh, starts to uh, shift towards Even a balanced a market. Even, Even a little bit. Even a tiny yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, I think sellers, especially in the markets where the iBuyers are heavily advertising and there are markets where they mm -hmm. have billboards and they're calling and they're doing all these things, you know, what seller isn't at least curious about that? And so they're going to call that iBuyer probably first and maybe you second. And if you can't compete, you're out. I mean, that's really the bottom line. An iBuyer really truly is yeah. just like another listing agent you're competing with. And it's not even that they're probably going to take it. They just want to, they're curious. They right. want to satiate that and you better get that call. And if you don't have that tool, if you don't have that option, you won't even get the call even from your centers of influence and past clients. Yeah. And I, I think the iBuyers are going to be around for a while. I think you would agree with that. Oh yeah. They've all had uh, public statements that they plan on expanding. Well, there, and there's more of them coming uh, mm -hmm. to public markets. There's more of them yeah. raising money. Um, sure. And again, I think ultimately what's going to happen is if in the parts of the country where the markets start to noticeably change, it's not going to happen anytime soon, in my opinion, yep. you're going to see those iBuyers even get more traction. For sure. You so. know, so be be ahead of the curve, guys. So obviously, Julie and I are huge advocates uh, for all of you to seriously consider moving forward and becoming EXP agents. And the bottom line really is you're going to, at this point, if you don't, you know, you're going to want to learn more. So we've made it easy for you. Just go to whylibertas.com, Y-L-I-B-E-R-T-A-S.com. 
com. Do you remember the text code? Four seven three seven. No, that's, I don't, that's no. not it. Yeah. Okay. So just go to whylibertas.com and we'll have that's the, better. We'll remember mm -hmm. the text code tomorrow. Or if you're yeah. ready to move forward and you're ready to join Libertas and you're looking for a sponsor, you haven't selected somebody yet, please do consider texting Julie and I um, at, at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. We'd sincerely appreciate the opportunity to apply for the job of being your sponsor at eXp. So just text me directly at 512-758-0206. And on these long drives, believe me, I love getting on the phone <laughs> and uh, talking with someone about eXp. So if you're ready to move forward and you're looking for a sponsor, text me directly. If you're in the uh, seeking more information phase, go to whylibertas.com. And on that site, you're going to see all kinds of information, not just about EXP, but you're also going to see a lot of information there about why you might consider joining our EXP group, which is called, guess what, Libertas, which is Latin for the word freedom, which actually is a nice way to conclude today's show. Yes. Because we were starting out by talking about the fact that ultimately what all of you should be you know, considering as your pursuit is not more awards, not more plaques, not more trophies, not more recognition, not to be famous, but to be rich. And rich is by definition simply where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And that's where you can actually get to the point where your uh, income is no longer transactionally based, where your decisions that you make about where you live, how you live is no longer dependent on where you can do transactions. How would that feel to you? Why don't you make that available to yourself? I mean, Warren Buffett didn't make what almost all of his money until he was uh, 60 or older. So it does not matter what age you are. You can still make this whatever dreams and aspirations you have for yourself, now's the time to really double down, especially during this real estate market uh, that we're going to be appreciating, uh, that we're going to be appreciating in the um, non-financial sense for at least the next two to three years. The inflation that's taking hold across the country is, you know, no one can deny it anymore. It's really, I mean, I think I heard Julia, 15% um, year over year, June to June in most markets from June of 2020 uh, to 2021, you're seeing 15% appreciation. Uh, they're calling it appreciation because it's really not. It's inflation, but the, it feels the same in most markets across the country. Yeah. That's unfreaking believable. Unfreaking believable uh -huh. and unprecedented. I mean, yep. we've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, and, you know, there are markets that are even more than that. Too. And, and if you guys aren't significantly moving the financial needle, not in terms of income, but in terms of net worth, you're not really thinking about the future version of you. And it, that's really where your mind needs to be. You need to be thinking if, I, again, this is me putting my coaching hat on, but this is, if you remember uh, this, if you just from this podcast, if this is what your takeaway is, please have the seed into your brain. You need to be thinking about the future version of you because if the future version of you is looking back at the current version of you in July of 2021, after hearing this podcast of all the things we just shared with you, and if you did not take action on the things that we've shared with you, we talked about you know Warren Buffett, we talked about EXP, we talked about our coaching program. How's the future version of you going to look at the current version of you? I'm going to guess with some disdain. So maybe at this point in your life, you should actually consider, no, it does not matter what age you are, putting yourself in a position so the future version of you is going to be celebrating the current version of you. And that, you know, let's look at it at six months, 12 months, five years, where it is, who it is, you know, where do you want to live? How do you want to look? How do you want to feel? These things are all within your control, dependent on the actions that you take now. Anything else you'd like to well, say? Well, that's what freedom is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Get into control. Don't sit around getting ready to get started to someday possibly do more research. We gave you an entire week of your research. You don't need any more. Right. If you feel like you need more, just go to whylibertas.com. Watch exactly. the video in the upper left-hand corner of that screen, and you should be done.
And we are going to continue on our U.S. tour. What day is this? Day 11? Day 10? So. I don't, I've lost track. There. I have yes. to remind myself what day of the I'm week it is. I'm not sure where we're going next. Maybe Red Lodge. Maybe uh, <laughs> Boise. I don't know. We'll figure we're, it out today. We're driving all over the country, um, and we're going to hit at least 20 states. We have a, uh, we're saying where we are, and we're going to be talking about where we're going on Instagram. You can find us at Tim and Julie Harris on Instagram. We're posting pictures. We love running into some of you. We've, it's been so much fun just to mm -hmm. say, hey, Tim and Julie, I'm 20 minutes away. I'll, you know, I'll text you guys when I'm there. I'm around the, you know, I'm, I'll, be, I'll meet you by the huge elk next to the bank or whatever. Right, exactly. Know? But yeah, so if you're on our path, we'd love to meet with you and walk around, have some conversations. You know, honestly, guys, we're doing this, obviously, for us to celebrate the end of COVID, which is you know we've all lived through a pandemic yay but it's also really i think very important for julie and i to stay connected with all of our coaching clients and all of our exp family and to reconnect with all of you in all your individual markets and when julie and i we can't stop ourselves when we go to these individual markets we instantly gravitate towards learning about the real estate uh, and I have to say, every single place, even the smallest of towns we've gone to, nothing is for sale. No inventory. I, I mean, we were looking for a place Amazing. to rent in Red Lodge, Montana. And Julie went to VRB. Uh, what? Travelocity and then VRBO. Yeah. yeah. Guess what was available, listeners? A TP. Like, and then there's pictures. They were really proud of their TP. Yeah. For $350 a night for a flipping TP. Well, but Tim, you get charcoal for the grill. Okay. And let me be clear. This is a TP. You're sleeping on essentially a rug. Next to a sign that says, be bear aware. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. For $350. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. If you don't believe there's inflation going on right now, exactly. there you go. That's all the proof you need. So in the meantime, if you guys need to get a hold of us, feel free to text us at 512-758-0206. And uh, have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on our next podcast. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen-to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. Um, if you want to learn more about our coaching program, you can obviously just go over to timandjulieharris.com uh, or you can uh, consider purchasing our book. It's called Harris Rules. It's on Amazon and all the best booksellers um, across planet Earth. It continues as well to be a bestseller. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on our next podcast. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.